Hello and welcome to Radiance and Resilience. I'm Betty Parker, your host. I have heard from you, all of you parents who have been participants in my virtual meetings since we've been on lockdown from this pandemic. I've heard about your struggles with being productive at home and work, uh, having to wrap your work responsibilities and homeschool your children. So I solicited the help of an educator to come on Radiance and Resilience and share some creative ways that parents can use to integrate these two huge responsibilities. Mr. Lionel Parker is a seasoned teacher at the Center for Learning here in Columbia. And he has an expansive list of ideas that no doubt will help parents in these trying times. After this quick message from our sponsor, take a listen to what he has to say. Hello, Mr. Parker. Hello. Well, welcome to Radiance and Resilience. We're happy to have you as our guest today. Happy to be with you today. Good, good, good. I am I'm excited about today's topic simply because I think it will help people. And what I mean by that is I have had many occasions here lately to be on a zillion different Zoom meetings, as I'm sure you have too, and so many people <laughs> yeah, across the world, right? <laughs> so we've been on a, a zillion Zoom meetings, and I've had the opportunity to ask people about their feelings, how they're feeling in the midst of this pandemic and uh, a huge amount of change that we've had to encounter. The one thing that keeps coming up for people who have school age children is how do I continue to do the work that I need to do if I'm working from home? And even for those who are not working from home, they're still at home with their children. So for those who have school-aged children, I'd like us to have a discussion today about ways in which they can keep those children occupied, um, things that they can do to keep their minds stimulated, and then also find time for themselves as adults because we still have to do the work that we need to do while we're at home, you know, playing teacher as well as being an employee. So I thank you for your expertise and your time here today. And let's kind of, let, let's go in that direction. I know that's pretty generic, it's pretty general. Um, but just give us a quick overview of, let's say this, where we need to be mentally as parents being stuck at home with our children. Let's go there first. All right. Well, to deal with that topic first, kids are very good at reading us as adults and discerning. So first parents have to deal with their own anxieties about this whole epidemic, of course, or pandemic. It is new for all of us. Um, and a lot of us are probably been out of shape because of our schedules having to be changed drastically. And so once we deal with those levels of anxiety first and understand that everyone, uh, our neighbors, our family members, are dealing with the same type of struggles that we are. And so once we deal with that within ourselves, um, then I think we're ready and better equipped to address the needs of our children. Um, but as far as keeping children engaged while parents, I'm sure. Um, the first, and I think the most important thing is to understand that even though that our children are out of school, they still need a routine and a schedule. Um, children, operate better under schedules and they like to know um, what is expected of them or they like to have an expectation of what their day would look like. And as adults, all of us would like to know and are excited about knowing um, just what to expect from our day. When we get up in the morning, we have routines. And so even though our kids are out of school, 
they need to have established routines at home. And I know the easiest thing for us as parents sometimes might be to just allow our kids to be relaxed at home. Uh, however, it's a bigger disservice uh, to them and for them when we don't have routines and schedules set up for them throughout their day. Yeah, I think that's an absolutely wonderful um, idea an important aspect of what people need to understand because eventually these children are definitely going to have to go back to school, whether it's next month or next year, next school year. Yeah. So the longer they're out of that routine, the more difficult it's going to be for the parent to get those kids back in and every child needs structure. So as much as like you're saying, you know, they might be letting the children stay up later at times simply because we don't want to have the fight of getting them back in bed. Actually, for a parent, that's a good thing for them to be able to get kids on a a schedule to go to bed on time like they would if they were going to school, because now you've created space for yourself to have a little downtime and to be a little bit more relaxed, too, after dealing with kids all day. Absolutely. And there are studies that also prove that even though our children are out, they still need 10 to 12 hours of sleep at night um, just to be a healthy growing child. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that is released even during sleep hours is growth hormone. And so we want to make sure that our kids are getting adequate rest at night so that they don't have deficits in their development. Um, So we want to make sure that even though they're out of school, that they're getting adequate sleep. Um, And I know that sometimes as parents and adults, we've also had to deal with kids who have been cranky. Even ourselves, we're cranky as individuals when we don't get enough rest or sleep. So it's important to make sure that, again, even though our kids are out of school, that they're getting adequate rest at home. And it doesn't have to be at at one time as far as just through the night, but even for our younger children to allow naps throughout the day, um, around 12 or one or or two, where kids are napping and not, we're not going to let them nap for two or three hours at a time, but maybe an hour or two. Um, just to make sure that they're getting that, again, 10 to 12 hours. But uh, mm-hmm. again, making sure that our kids have adequate rest. And so uh, even in our scheduling, we want to make sure that we are planning that in our schedules. Absolutely. And uh, kids need that also, that good sleep um, for concentration. Absolutely. So if mom, yeah, if they've had an opportunity to get good rest, they're, they're fresher. And so we want to capture their little creative minds and have them to be a little bit uh, more alert and attentive to the things that they have to learn. And so with that in mind, too, okay, so we, we're saying they need structure. They also need sleep. What do we do as parents? Uh, and I know there's a variety of different levels of, of uh students that we're talking about from the very young to maybe even up to high school. Well, they're pretty much independent. But when you think about these kids are now having to learn virtually, which is very new for parents as well as some teachers. Right. So how do you help parents to uh, reduce their anxiety around having these kids on a schedule when they have to learn virtually? Um, Well, there's going to be some anxiety with, of course, experiencing things that we have never had to do before. Um, But with virtual learning or that with your teachers, your, your children's teachers, that you have a good working relationship. And of course there are varieties of, of different types of virtual or remote learning. Um, myself, I teach uh, four hours Monday through Thursday from eight until 12 um, where I'm on a, uh, a Zoom um, virtual lesson and I'm literally teaching for four straight hours. And so kids are engaged through 
the activities that I have planned for them. But there are school districts who have sent these uh, virtual learning or remote learning packets home in which they're requiring parents uh, to work with their students and getting those packets done. And so the first thing that I wanna tell parents is that it's not to be overwhelmed by the amount. We as teachers understand um, you know, the struggles that parents are going through daily with, again, having to work from home. So our expectation is not um, that it's done um, in, a, in a perfect manner, but just so that kids have some engagement with some of the academics that they have experienced through the school year. And so you want to pace yourself in do, getting that done. Um, and so you first thing that you want to do with even trying to tackle those things is to make sure that your kids have an adequate learning space. And so in that, you want to make sure that they are sitting Hold on, Ryan, we're trying at a table, a well-lit area, somewhere that is quiet with very little distractions um, so that they can concentrate on what they're doing. You also want to allow them times in which they have, and in school we call them brain breaks, but uh, periods in which they're able to break away. And so for every, and depending on how um, old the child is, of course, our younger kids will need more breaks um, and, a, you know, maybe a little bit longer. But as children are older, they'll require fewer breaks. But you want to give them adequate breaks in between what they're tackling. And so, um, and, and you don't want to tackle everything at one time. So in your scheduling, maybe you want to set up a period where they're just having to work on reading concepts, uh, a period where they're working on math concepts. Uh, a period where they're working on writing concepts. And those are the areas as well that we probably, um, as teachers, want to make sure that our kids get most attention because those are the areas in which, again, studies have shown that when children are out of school for long periods of time, those are the areas that suffer um, most. And so we want to make sure that our kids are getting um, those adequate periods. And so with the brain breaks, allow children to get up from that space because kids need a break from that, that workspace or that area. Um, allow them to still go outside. Um, as a teacher, one of the things that I do is something, I use a program in my classroom called Go Noodle. So parents can um, have interactive videos. And of course we have learned so much with technology just being in this pandemic. But if you go to uh, YouTube and look up uh, YouTube channels, Go Noodle is one in which they have physical activity videos that kids get to participate in. And one of the things that I am very particular about and very passionate about is making sure that while our kids are at home, they still have that physical activity. We know that one of the things that we are also faced with is now we're home more, so our kids are eating more. Sometimes they're not making the best choices as far as what you know their eating choices. And so again, we still wanna make sure that our kids are up and active. And so those videos will allow that as well, going outside, um, taking a break, sometimes just playing music or even playing music softly as they're working, like jazz, like classical music um, to, to boost that concentration are just some suggestions that parents can, can use. Um, That's great. Do you have any other um, YouTube channels that you would recommend? Because I know there's so much stuff out there we have to be careful of for the kids, but doesn't YouTube have like just a separate I hate to say kids section, but isn't there some um, programming that's just for children on that platform? They do. In fact, when you um, are, are searching YouTube for those kid channels, there are so many levels of privacy or uh, levels Good. of, of um, 
Security. Security, thank you, is the word mm-hmm. that I'm... Because we realize that there is so much going on on the internet that will block children from unwanted content. Um, yeah. And so, though, go, go Noodle is a good one. I don't have any other specific, because I use so many. Um, and just because you're asking me off the top of my head, I cannot recall them. But um, there, there are some that you can search. Um, and then there are certain preferences as well, um, as far as what types of videos that kids will like. But there are so many videos as well that educators have posted themselves that they've used in their classrooms that work. Um, so just Good. do your homework and searching. All right, so now we got um, things that, uh, kind of a, um, a schedule of sorts for parents when it comes to virtual learning. You were talking about, you know, what they should study, how they should study, when they should take a break. So we, uh, take a break. We know that kids also need nap time depending on their age. All those things are really important in creating an agenda. So I would hope that these parents who are listening would look at how do we set up a daily routine for our children that involve all these things. What about fun stuff outside of the work? I mean, the schoolwork time. So like you say, you're teaching four hours a day. And I think that's probably pretty much as much as any parent can get in at that right. time. So what outside of that? Because uh, the kids will still be at right. home. And, and now we no longer have the work absolutely. as a, you know, schoolwork as a, so what else could they and do? So one of the other things that parents um, should probably understand is that at school, their kids are not just exposed to academic content areas like reading, writing, math, social studies, and science. But they also have periods in which they participate in music classes, the arts, uh, art itself, STEAM. Of course, kids go outside for recess. And so to incorporate those things um, in your kids' daily activities as well. And so for art, our kids can paint. um, And I know that might be a a horror (laughs) thing for some parents. But those are outlets that our kids need um, because through art, um, painting, drawing, kids get to express themselves and to be creative. And so we want to allow those uh, outlets. And so uh, one of the easiest or simple things is to use maybe watercolors. I remember as a kid, that's one of the things that I love to do. Um, I haven't seen many of them now, but those paint by number activities. And we as adults find so many to spend our money on. A lot of times we spend all of our monies on elaborate toys and and things for children. And children sometimes enjoy just the simplest things. I remember as a little boy, I used to take boxes that were lying around the house, shoe boxes, um, boxes that materials used to be packed in, or um, cereal boxes, juice containers, and create things. And so our kids, children have not changed over a period of time. Maybe our parenting Mm -hmm. has changed, but kids still enjoy some of those basic uh, activities that we used to do as kids. And so to remember that and planning those art activities as well, uh, take a box outside, allow your kid to paint a box and turn it into a a, a car, a home, a, a, a fire. Mm-hmm. And so just open up our minds as uh, creative individuals, as well as our kids and allow them to express themselves. Um, maybe we can allow them to draw or paint to music. I know that our kids are used to maybe the genre of rap music, but I think this is a really good time as well to give our kids some exposure to different genres of music. Um, Maybe even some of the music that we used to listen to growing up as kids um, and to explain to our kids that sometimes as individuals, artists express their emotions, um, maybe what they're going through in their music. 
um, as an outlet. And so maybe some of our kids, the walk away could be that they come up and um, develop songs themselves as artists. So that is another wonderful creativity or a creative activity for, for kids. And so um, maybe in one of, in our scheduling, one of the things that we might want to do is plan a, a family night where kids do karaoke. And maybe some of the things that you can share during karaoke is a period of, uh, or music that they have created themselves. Mm. Um, and so that would be a wonderful activity. Um, one of the other things that we can do in music is we can um, allow our kids to make maybe instruments um, just with some of the household items that we have around the house. Maybe we want to make a um, some type of shaker or tambourine with paper plates. And so maybe to put pasta or something in two paper plates and seal it with tape or glue it with tape and allow the kids to decorate the outside. Um, maybe some rain shaker sticks with uh, paper towel rolls that we have laying around the house or or tissue tubes that we have, I'm sure, are plentiful around our homes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> As Got people have right. gone out and bought tons and tons of, of uh, paper towels and tissue. Mm -hmm. um, and allow our kids to dance as well to these different genres of music. I know one of the things that I've grown a great appreciation uh, for or a genre that I've grown a great appreciation for is, um, believe it or not, country Western. Um, because a lot of those songs, again, have, have meaning and context. And so to, again, introduce our kids to something that they may not normally be exposed to, um, this would be a good period to, to do that. Yeah, I heard something really good that I hadn't thought about before. There was a, um, a young woman who was talking about allowing kids to just daydream and to uh, think, you know, we, we tend to overstimulate our kids by giving them all of these electronics and we want to sit them off in a corner somewhere and go look at the iPad or the iPhone. But to give a child, if, even if they complain, oh, I'm bored. Well, so are we at times as parents, you know, we, we're stuck in a house like everybody else, not necessarily bored. We got enough to do, but we're stuck inside like everybody else and can't really go out and enjoy the things we used to. So if they're bored, it's okay at times. We we don't have to overstimulate them. But like you're describing, there's so many things kids can create in their own minds if they're given the opportunity. If given and the it, opportunity, time yeah. and space. Yeah. And, and it helps them, I think, with their focus later on, because I think right now they're too focused on um, electronics. It's almost a crutch uh, in terms of them gaining more information about the outside. They need to kind of pull from within, right, Absolutely. to figure out, yeah, a little bit more creativity. So those are some wonderful, wonderful ideas uh, around how to get kids engaged. One of the things you and I talked about the other day was <clears throat> even something as cool as cooking. So getting right. kids involved in creating um, dishes, right? Absolutely. And getting kids involved in creating meals. Um, and there are a number of things. And, and so we have to, as adults, stop and think that there is a lesson or an activity in everything that we do. Something, again, as simple as cooking. Um, there's so much involved as it relates to math, um, language arts, um, and ingredients sometimes that our kids have never heard of before. Um, mm -hmm. And so to get the kids involved in cooking or in planning meals. Um, so in, in the cooking, there's counting, there's measuring, um, there's time because we have to, um, you know, cook or bake for a certain period or amount of time. Um, and so there's so much involved in that. And kids walk away feeling proud of something that they themselves have helped to create. 
Right. Um, and so to give our kids those opportunities, I think is a, a great thing that we can stop and do at this time. And I am one that likes to try to find the silver lining in everything. And I know we're facing so much with this pandemic as far as death and, and sickness. But one of the things that we can see that we are now having the opportunity that many of us did not have before is more time on our hands to spend with our families doing these meaningful things um, and just to take a breath. Um, and, and so in this period, I think it is important that we integrate some of these activities with our kids that we may not normally do. I know many times um, before this, you know, while parents have been working, the thing was to come in and make a quick meal so that everybody can eat, um, bathe and get dressed for, for bed. And so to allow our kids this cooking thing, we now have more times on our hands. So let's allow our kids to help in, in preparing meals, I think is extremely important. And the great byproduct of that is you'll get a meal <laughs> you right, know? Right. <laughs> that you didn't have to cook totally. You got some little kids working out there. And you know what? And it might force us to eat healthier, too. Absolutely. So one of the other things, like you said, with language and math and all of that, good health is, uh, is something that I think needs to be taught because the easiest thing for parents to do is to run out and get something in a fast food place. Because they have been so busy or were so busy prior to the pandemic with work and just rushing home and trying to right. get people fed. They bought out a lot of stuff. But now we have the time at home and we can now start teaching our kids some better habits around eating. Don't you Ab agree? Absolutely. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's another important facet of our kids' development that we as adults need to pay more attention to. So it's not just the physical activity, but better eating uh, habits, which have better outcomes. Um there are things that if you look up that studies prove are better brain foods that allow more concentration with kids, um, things that we want to stay away from, sugary beverages, sugary um, food items that will cause our kids to be more active. And I know, um, you know, with parents even now working at home, we are, are, are probably looking at why are our kids um, overly hyper, have all this hyperactivity. Um, while I'm trying to work. Well, sometimes we may, may need to just look at some of the things that we're allowing them to eat and giving them. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the things that I often talk about to parents uh, as an educator is you expect your child to come to school and be the perfect child. But before you brought them to school, you gave them this big bowl of sugary cereal or mm -hmm. Pop-Tarts. Um, and we expect kids to sit still or concentrate for long periods of time. Well, that's not going to happen because that sugar needs to get out some way so it comes out in our, you know, our hyperactivity. And so we want to pay attention in cooking these meals, like you said, um, at the healthier choice options when preparing these meals. And, and the better outcome is out of this, we will have kids who pay more attention to what they're eating, um, parents who now or after, after this pandemic who give a more conscious um, or are more conscious about the choices that they make as far mm -hmm. as eating and more conscious about the time that they spend together as a family preparing meals. You know, that is so good. And I'm going to take a break right now. We're going to um, have a quick commercial break. But after this, I'd be interested in hearing about a little bit more about what happens once the pandemic is over. What do you as an educator, and um, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to speak on behalf of all educators, but I'm sure they're pretty much in line with how you're thinking what would be some of the things you all would like to see parents do differently uh, once uh, school starts back again in helping you all to be able to continue to give their kids the best education? We'll talk about that on the other side. You're listening to Radiance and Resilience. 
leadership, teamwork, conflict management, self-awareness. Mastering skills in these areas are how we at Sharper Development Solutions help leaders and employees perform better at work. Through classroom instruction, group and individual coaching, and tools like Everything Disc Styles Assessments, we develop leaders, teams, and relationships through greater self-awareness and accountability. Call us at 803-622-4511 to schedule an appointment and learn more about how we can help you and your organization excel. All right, we're back with Lionel Parker. He is an educator at the Center for Learning where the inimitable Deirdre Niplock is the uh, CEO and owner. <laughs> I just had to throw that in. Uh, but you have been giving us some really great information uh, about how parents, this is specifically for parents and how and what they can do in order to maintain their sanity and still be productive and keep their kids productive right. during this downtime that we have. So before we went to break, I um, said I wanted you to give us some information on what the expectations are uh, from educators, and you can speak for yourself if you like, in um, what you want parents to do differently once we get back from the pan from the lockdown, when they start their kids back at school. What are some things that parents can do and continue to do if they're doing it at home right now, can continue to do in helping you as an educator to give their kids the best uh, time during their school? Um, their school time. Right. Um, and, and both, I, I guess I'll start from, I guess, the beginning of what a typical day for a child would look like going back to school. One of the most important things I think is, again, during this period to remember that our kids need adequate rest. And so I realize there'll be some adjustment when we are going back to school as parents have been more relaxed um, with children over this period, but to, again, make sure that a schedule is set in place that children, um, when returning to school, get adequate sleep. And so um, we want to make sure that kids are going to bed uh, around eight o'clock. Um, and of course, the younger the child, again, we want to stay closer to that eight o'clock period. Uh, there might be a little more uh, leeway, you know, as older, as children are getting older. Um, but to make sure, again, that they're getting adequate rest, they're their diet and nutrition. We wanna make sure that when children are going back to school, even now in this pandemic, that kids are eating healthier breakfast options because it is brain food and it allows them to concentrate um, once they are at school. And yeah, honey are, buns, let me say this, honey buns and soda are not good Honey buns choices. and soda are not it. I've right? seen kids walk in eating honey buns, family style bag of Doritos for breakfast. Mm. Um, and, and those things are, are, are not, again, uh, a brain food. And so we want to concentrate on eating fresh fruit and fresh vegetables. And I know some parents might think, you know, I'm giving my kid a fruit cup or, um, you know, something that might have fruit in it, like fruit snacks. But a mm -hmm. lot of those things have extra sugars and additives to preserve mm -hmm. um, the shelf life. And so we want to look at healthier options for kids, fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, whole grains, um, for those kids who can have dairy products, we want to make sure that they're getting um, their the dairy content, yogurt, um, are, are healthier options. Um, whole grain breakfast bars, um, if you know we're having to grab something quick. Um, and so kids need that in going back to school. Um, I know as an educator, one of the things that I have found most difficult is as a teacher, it's hard to teach a child who is hungry as well. Mm. Um, and so we want to make sure that our kids are just simply eating. And I know 
Uh, for some, there might be a question mark, kids not eating. Well, as an educator, I've seen it that parents have had or have been so in a rush or flustered with them waking up late um, in the morning or not preparing enough um, that by the time they get to school, their kid has missed breakfast. And, mm. and now as a teacher, you're standing in a classroom with a child who may have some behavior issues or not able to concentrate simply because they did not eat breakfast and they did not mm -hmm. start their day out right. Um, yeah. So to give close attention um, to, to that and preparing our kids to go back to school. Um, mm -hmm. As well, making sure that our kids have had some type of structure because we can't expect for our kids to come from no structure, um, running around the house or outside all day long, and then coming back into a, a, a period of, of structured learning. So to, that's why I said as well, it's important that even though our kids are out of school in this pandemic, that we still have schedules and routines that our kids are able to follow because that's very important in going back to school um, when it begins. Also to make sure that we're giving adequate time and we realize that as teachers, that there, there will be some deficits in learning because uh, our kids have not been in school for a long period of time and they have not had face-to-face instruction with a teacher, um, mm -hmm. but to make sure that we're giving adequate attention to important areas in learning. So our kids need to be constantly, constantly reading parents. Um, and technology is good. And I'm a little old fashioned in my thinking, you know, we've done, and I, I also use eBooks in my classroom and their programs like Epic Books and Vooks, um, V-O-O-K-S, which are wonderful technology pieces um, to, to bring books to our kids through technology. But I'm a little old fashioned in my thinking as well that kids need to still hold paper books in their hands and turn pages. Um, mm -hmm. And so making sure that our kids are, are reading. And so in, in setting up our schedule as well, we wanna make sure you know that the older our kids are, that they're reading more throughout their day. Even very mm -hmm. young kids, they need periods of reading. And while very young kids may not be able to read, they can still enjoy the illustrations. They still get the pre-reading skills of flipping and turning pages um, and talking about the illustrations that they see. Um, so reading is very important. Um, and, and again, um, for older kids, we may as parents want to assign them an activity to do to write about what they have read, um, which is extremely important because another area that we see um, kids struggling is writing and th their creative writing. So mm -hmm. write about what you've read. Um, and I also think it is important that in this pandemic that kids are keeping journals, no matter what their age is. Even our various young learners can keep a journal and their journaling would just be simply drawing pictures about what they th do throughout the day. As parents and adults, we can take dictation. Tell me about what you've drawn. Tell me about what your picture is and write that under their drawing. Older children, of course, will be able to write themselves about their experience, how they feel about what's going on, because that will also give us as adults an idea of where our kids are mentally during this period. Um, and, and, one, and that will also help us as teachers when our kids get back in uh, to school that they have had uh, periods of writing throughout this period. Mm -hmm. um, and don't you think these same rules would apply even in the summer? Because when we get back, if if we even get back into school this year, right. um, you, you're going to be facing June to August downtime again, right? Absolutely. And it's always been a, a recommendation that parents find a way to get their kids involved during the summer so they don't lose what they've learned. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. 
Absolutely. And so, and I think it's probably even more important now simply because they don't have the structure that you all offer in a classroom. They're stuck at home and parents are not going to be as restrictive as you all are and that, and you know, as structured as you all are. So they essentially going to come back if they get back to school in a month and then go back out again in the summer. It may be very, very difficult for those kids coming back in the fall to right. really get it together. Huh? Right. Right. Mm. And so just to capitalize on everything that we now have at hand um, and to understand that learning can take place even in the smallest things. So when our kids are outside playing, um, I did a lesson the other day with my kids in science. We talked about um, just movement. And so one of the activities that I gave them um, before I dismissed them from our, our virtual classroom was to go outside, play with the ball or play with balls, maybe with by yourself or um, a brother or sister or a parent or some other person in your home um, as we're practicing social, social distancing. But to go outside, talk about the different ways that the ball moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How can you move the ball? You can bounce it. You can roll it. You can throw it. How high can you throw it? What is the distance? And so to understand that learning can take place in everything that we do, um, we just have to capitalize on it as adults and open up our our um, our level of, of thinking of creative ways to engage our kids. Something as simple as putting up laundry, sorting socks, which I'm sure is a headache for uh, um, any parent. Um, <laughs> yeah. and helping and allowing your kids to even help in household chores. Um, and I know sometimes as parents we or adults we think it is easier if we just do it ourselves. But kids need to learn in every facet of our lives. Um, That's right. So that kids, when they become adults themselves, it's not new to them um, mm-hmm. and that they already have an idea or understanding as to how to do these things. And so I just I, I'm a firm believer that we have to capitalize off of every moment um, of of being with our children. I totally and completely agree. You have given a just a plethora, a treasure trove of information and things that parents can do. So I'm hoping that by all that you shared, uh, there's enough information there that people can start putting some things together in preparation for the kids return back to school. Or even if we're still in this in the next several weeks or so, some things that parents can do to keep their kids occupied yet still learning in an environment that might be not the norm for them. So I want to thank you for your time and all of your expertise. I really appreciate you being here with us today. And I also want to remind our listeners that today's show is brought to you by Sharper Development Solutions, Inc. If you want to improve in the ways discussed these, uh, here today, call me to learn about coaching options for you personally or training for your entire organization. We specialize in turning managers into leaders and building strong teams through better communications, managed conflict, and greater self-awareness. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This is Radiance and Resilience. <laughs>